Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the rock and roll fantasy camp you've been waiting for. <laughs> Celebrating 40 years of Van Halen's 1984, plus rats out of the cellar and more. It's high voltage rock and roll. March 14th through 17th in Hollywood, California. Celebrate and perform the music of Van Halen, Skid Row, Rat, and Whitesnake with Michael Anthony, Sebastian Bach, Warren Martini and Tommy Aldridge. It's a rock and roll fantasy camp that you just can't miss. Get your drums and bass, guitars and amps, put your dreams on the line and take the chance. Jam it out together and start a hot band. And this is a rock and roll is another episode of Rock Camp, the podcast, the official podcast of Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp. By the way, brought to you by Pantheon Podcast. We should definitely give some shout-outs to our friends over at Pantheon. They've been great. We have been having so much fun doing this podcast. I'm Miles Schumann, Britt Lightning here, David Fishoff. Guys, we got a lot on the agenda for today, don't we? As always. As always. Absolutely. You know, in fact... Britt and I and David, we were all at the same camp over the summer for the best camp. And Daryl Jones from the Rolling Stones and Tom Hamilton from Aerosmith, they all came. And, you know, we've had a couple camps in the last couple months that I thought it would be fun to kind of recap a little bit, bring people inside the rock camp world. So, you know, I think it'd be fun to start with that one. Britt, you were actually traveling on that one. You had a show, but you came back and you got to be there and see, you know, Daryl Jones perform with the campers and everything. First of all, that's a guy that's never been to camp before, Daryl Jones from the Rolling Stones. How did he end up involved for this one? Yeah, that was a cool one. I yeah, I've been it. trying to get him for many years, but I thought the coolest thing with Daryl Jones, not only was he amazing with the campers, but he wrote me the most incredible note after camp. Really? You know, I just want to tell you, I love what you do. What a great opportunity to meet these campers and to play with them, to see it live, you know. And, you know, always the thing is, you don't really get rock and roll fantasy camp unless you're there. Right. That's the bottom line. You can make a movie, you can make a series, you can do a news article. But unless you feel it, it doesn't work. I know that was probably one of the reasons I wanted to do the film. But, again, the film was great, but you got to be there to see it. And I think when getting that note from Daryl, and I've got notes. Tom Hamilton, too, wrote me a beautiful note. Yeah. So, you know, when you get notes from them afterwards and how much they appreciate it, that always makes it fun. Yeah, Daryl also had said it's just so cool that you give people this opportunity. Like, the opportunity, like, right. I wish I had this opportunity. You know, everybody always says that, you know, we never had this growing up. If I had these connections and these introductions to these people, you know, I, maybe, you know, I would have gotten somewhere further or faster. And, and so, you about- think when I send them an email that I want to go to the Rolling Stones concert, he'll write back? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> well, he'll tell me how to, he'll tell me where I can buy the tickets. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. We'll find out. That was a cool camp because we had a Beatle, a Stone, 
Oh, an arrow and an arrow. Yeah, yeah. 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 What do you call an arrow? An Aerosmith, I an guess. Arrow. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a pretty cool line. Tom Hamilton was amazing too. Oh, he was amazing. He's such a sweet guy. Oh, he was such amazing. A sweet guy. I, I'll say real quick about Daryl because I, you know, I got to spend a good amount of li- oh, yeah. a, a good amount of time with him. And you're you know, a bass player, right? I was his you. bass player. I got to be kind of his liaison for the couple days. And you know, one thing that really stood out to me, we were riding in the car at one point over to the venue, and or actually back from the venue, and you know, fans at this camp were everywhere. I mean, there were people seeking autographs outside the venues. I don't know how they found out about it, but they did. Well, and Pete Best, a big article in the New York Post. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. And Daryl, we get in the car afterwards. You know, the fans were trying to talk his ear off on the way out, and you know, I had to get him in the car. And afterwards, he goes, "You know what? I never take that for granted, because I'm really just a musician. You know, I go to I go to a wedding, and and I meet a wedding band musician, and he plays a wedding, a different wedding every single night. You know, different type of music, different parties." I get up and I play the same set list at a stadium every week. You know, I have a lot of respect for what these other musicians do. And I think Fantasy Camp really brought that out of him. You know, he kind of, and which it does for everybody, it makes them thankful to be doing what they're doing in a big way. You know, I saw him a few days beforehand at, at Randy Fuchs has that um, convention right mm. before, Expo. you know, the expo. And, you know, he was just walking around looking for gear and things like that. And he's a really a humble guy. Oh, yeah. And I thought he was, yeah, really and, special. And talk about a fantasy for him. I mean, that's the <laughs> ultimate fantasy. You have to play with Mick yeah. and Keith every night? Come on. Do you know how many yeah. people must have auditioned for that job? I mean, I I've know. heard a lot of people tell me, oh, I almost had the job. I almost had the job. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Who yeah. didn't, uh, didn't Mark Clark. Oh, Mark Clark auditioned? Didn't, didn't yeah, Mark Tony Clark. Franklin, too? I don't know if Tony Franklin, but Mark Clark, you know, he, he auditioned for that uh, that position. Right. And, uh, Tony Franklin tells a story. He brought a fretless bass. It was either to like... I know he was almost in Pink Floyd at one point. He brought it in front of Mick Jagger. Really? And I want to say, sorry, Tony, if this is wrong, but and, and he was kind of like, why do you have a fretless or something like that? <laughs> <laughs> the fretless yeah, Darryl, monster. Daryl, very special. Really yeah. special. And you know what I loved about that final performance at the cutting room was the fact that we had that big horn section. Yeah. Oh, amazing. that was amazing. It was so cool. So we had all the horns and all those classic Yeah, the songs. Uptown Horns. Mm-hmm. Who are they? The yeah, they played, horns, yeah. they played with the Stones and everything. Yeah, that was amazing. And, and that was kind of last minute, bringing the horns in, too. That was kind of a surprise for all the campers. You're going to be playing not only with the bass player from the Stones, but their horn section, too. I mean, Well, you know, in the past, I've had the David Letterman horns. Really? And, yeah, I've had the, the, the horn section with the Letterman show. And Bones is a good friend of mine. And he they came. They used to come to camp. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm, in fact, on the phone call the other day, Miles, I said, let's go back to doing the fun stuff, you know, right. the stuff that we – you know, you you take for granted at every camp, but we used to do impression nights, and and we've got to go. We're going to go back and do that and, and trivia, and trivia nights, and I would even get dressed up in a crazy outfit. And yeah, I know. I'm waiting for that. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. I hear that. all the talk of that, but where yeah. is it? Okay, we will got to get it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I actually I pulled a clip, which was actually I actually filmed this, and I think Britt filmed part of it too. We were there in person at least. Tony Franklin, as we were just talking about him, was trying to play the sympathy for the devil baseline at camp, and I guess the way he was playing. It was slightly off, so Daryl came up and gave him a bass lesson right there at camp. It See, was that's awesome. That's why he didn't get the Stones gig. He yeah, couldn't that's play sympathy right. for the devil, right? <laughs> Daryl's correcting him. Come on, Tony. <laughs> we'll go ahead and listen to that clip right now. He did it too. You know? I do. I, actually, I go back and forth a little bit. Yeah, I do. Uh, Oh man, good shot. <laughs> 
Now that clip is super fun because, you know, that's what happens at Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp. As we've talked about before, it's not only a fantasy for the campers, but for the rock stars. And for, you know, I wish Tony was here right now. He's not doing press, but we'll get him eventually. I, I wish he was here because, you know, how cool is that to get taught the bass line by the person who plays the song every night, you know, like that. And you've had Bill Wyman at camp before, too. I've had Bill Wyman at camp. Bill Wyman was great. You know, he came at 10 o'clock in the morning, and it was 6 o'clock at night, and he didn't leave. Yeah. And I turned to him, and I said, you know, I have to leave, Bill. It's the Sabbath. You know, I'm going. And he turned to me, well, it's not the Sabbath in Los Angeles, so here we were in England. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one day maybe you'll have to get Daryl back with Steve Jordan and just have the whole current rhythm sections, rhythm section of the Stones there. Yeah. And it was like, that would be cool. And, yeah, like we said, Tom Hamilton from Aerosmith was at this camp, too. David actually asked Tom a great question during the Q&A, which, unfortunately, nobody filmed, which we're never going to let that happen again. But you asked him about Joey Kramer, and he gave a, a real honest answer. Real honest, yeah. And I tell you, that first of all, that made that we've had all five members of Aerosmith at Rock and Roll Fantasy. That's right. So, cool. so that's a cool thing. And he was very honest. He talked about his timing, and it just that uh, maybe he had an injury or whatever it was, but... Yeah, no, he was very honest about it, and, and they're good friends. That's so. right. That's right. Yeah, I think Joey was kind of famously Tom's best friend in the band, yep. so so that was tough. But We got to talk to Joey, too, during COVID. Oh, yeah. that's right. He did a couple classes for <laughs> and, us. And yeah, maybe I should go pull a clip from that, that now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Joey Joey was awesome during his class. Uh, all the guys in, in Aerosmith, have, and, I mean, Joe. did a class, too, during COVID. Uh, who did? Tom. As oh, well. that's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. And did Joe Perry do one too at no. some point? No, but Just he's done several camps. Yeah. camps. He's done a lot of great camps. Guy. He's got a great, great history. I love when Joe came to this last Florida camp and he comes in with the full talk box and everything, like all all the pedals, all the things to make it sound just like Aerosmith Records. Right, and, and he worked hard. He works hard at every camp. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, he's passionate about it. And what was exciting, I remember there was one camp, you know, people, he has those really iconic guitar designs and stuff, kind of the faded guitars and mm. stuff. I mean, there were campers that came and had built exact replicas, finally got to show him. I mean, you don't get that with Joe Perry anywhere else. You can't do that in no. an Aerosmith meet and greet. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's, I think the funniest story he told me was that he told me or Alice Cooper told me that you know they go on tour in in the summer with with the, the who's the actor from what's his name Johnny Depp Johnny Depp. oh yeah oh, it comes to an age I got to start you know forgetting <laughs> the Johnny Depp you know and right. and they go on these on the tours and they basically make a lot of money doing these meet and greets but most of the time it's these women who say can you guys move I want to get my picture with Johnny Depp alone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. I don't know who you, you are imagine guys Johnny are. Joe Barry and, <laughs> and Alice yeah. Cooper yeah that's in the Excuse Hollywood me. vampires yeah, yeah. Uh, the little Hollywood vampires right. Yeah, I wonder if the meet and greet costs more because Johnny Depp's in there. Uh, I think they get a lot of people because of Johnny Depp. <laughs> and that yeah. would be a cool fantasy camp, getting just all the Hollywood vampires because that's like a, just a big super group of everybody. That's Plus right. Johnny Depp. John, and they play. And they listen. Johnny Depp's living his fantasy, <laughs> oh, yeah. playing with those two guys. Yeah, he wanted to be a music. He wanted to be a rock star. Yeah. I mean, that was his original dream. Mm -hmm. And. Yeah, that'd be cool. Hollywood Vampires Camp. We could go drink at the real Hollywood Vampires spot at the Rainbow. <laughs> anyway, the last one, the last headliner well, the Viper from that room. camp. 
Oh, at the Viper Room with Johnny. Viper Room, a lot. Yeah, but that's Johnny's. That's Johnny's place. Yeah, he's the club, but he has his own room. That he can face the stage. You can't see him, but he can see out to you. That's right. Right. Yeah, we saw that back room there. Tommy Black, thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. He was showing it to campers. It's a cool room, and I think that the whole Molly's game was back there too. Remember that movie? A lot of cool history there. Yeah, it was funny actually. At the last camp, that was just the room everybody was putting their cases down, their guitar cases. So I didn't know that there was any, you know, relevance to history there until somebody said, "No, this is really the room. This is the room where everything happened." Hello, Pantheon podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house, and my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner. And Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. What about the whiskey? I mean, performing at the whiskey. Oh. I mean, the that history. stage broke so many bands. Yeah. So many bands. Van Halen. Right. They were discovered by Gene Simmons there. That's I mean, right. And, you the know. The Doors even played there. It was Zeppelin. It goes way back. It goes yeah. way back. And the room, I used to think like they, that they used to spray the room to smell like weed. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> or like alcohol. Yeah. And then I walked in there one day because it was it smelled great lately, you know? Right. So I think they just, I think they pump in the weed. The weed you smell. know, I also felt that way in the Beacon Theater in, yeah. in New, New York. York. And I remember going to see a Christmas or a Hanukkah show there. It was a family show, and it also smelled like weed. (laughs) (laughs) You can't escape it. I didn't get that. But all New York smells like weed now because every other store is a dispensary. It's insane. Same same in L.A. It's happening everywhere now. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the the final headliner to talk about from that camp was Pete Best. Had Pete ever done camp before? So Pete came to camp when we did London. We did an Abbey Road studio. 
And I had asked him if he would come and, and perform with the campers. He wouldn't perform, but he did a Q&A with them before camp at the Cavern Club. You know, we went up to Liverpool, and that was really quite experience. So this time I reached out to him and his brother, Rogue, and, and I said, how about coming in and jamming? He gave us a few choices of songs, you know, that he wanted to play. What a legend. And I tell you how classy they were. Their flight was canceled. That's right. And, you know, their flight's canceled. And you're from Liverpool, nervous by the way. From Liverpool, yeah. yeah. And But they said, I said, you know, it's a four-day camp. Just get the next day. And they were there, and they showed up, and they went back that same night. And really classy guys. Yeah, they classy were. Classy guys. Uh, you know, they got right out of that car, and they were as Liverpool as it gets. You know, yeah, we're going to have a cigarette before we go in. Where's the nearest pub? You know. <laughs> right, <was> like, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, I, and I, I tell you. You hear so much publicity about, you know, and, and jokes being made of, you know, Pete Best. And I've seen jokes being made of Ringo. I mean, the Broadway show, The Four Seasons, a guy says, you know, what did it feel like in The Four Seasons? It was like being Ringo in the band. It's one of the lines. And, and Pete Best, he's also gone through a lot. And I got to tell you, in having a conversation with him, you know, he's, he's married 60 years. He's a grandparent. He's got grandkids. Yeah. He said, I'm very content in my life. And he made a lot of money when they... When the band, when the Beatles did the anthology series, that's right. Anthology series, he made a lot of money, and they used a lot of his clips. So, a lot of history there. What amazing to have him at camp, and and you know he wants to come back, Britt. So uh, right. in August, we're trying to we got to figure it out, get him back. You might be the only guy other than John, Paul, and George to have worked with both Beatles drummers. Then, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, listen, I have drumheads signed by both of them. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was really cool that people were bringing in Beatles drums, drumheads, and getting them signed by Pete Best. I mean, oh, he this was is great. you're getting like you said in one of our previous episodes. You come to Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp, you're part of history, and that's history. That's history. Yeah, yeah, yeah that that's history, and and I think that. To be able to just talk to him, and he was so open about everything, and, you know, he's not talking to a, a, a regular fan, so. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, very cool. yeah but he was. He, he, nothing was. He, yeah, he nothing was, was off got, limits. Right, off limits. That's right. Say, yeah. And yeah. and it was exciting to see, even for him, the autograph seekers were showing up. I mean, of course they would for him. Oh, yeah, they were waiting outside the hotel. Waiting outside the hotel, and there was one out there, actually, who, you know, he had gotten all of our headliners as they came in the hotel, and I said, hey, why are you still here? And he went, oh, you know, there's one autograph I've been trying to get for 20 years. I can't get Tony Franklin anywhere. Oh, and wow. so I went inside and I, I told Tony, hey, there's this guy who wants your autograph. And later that day, they finally made it. I think it was exciting for Tony, too, you know. That's, yeah, I mean, that's cool. you know, the guy gave him $5. So yeah, right. <laughs> Tony <laughs> happy. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> We're ribbing on Tony today. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you're not Sorry, listening, Tony, because, you know, we do love we you. Really we love you. We yeah. love you. Yeah, love you. And Tony, I'm just going to say, also does a great Masterclass at every camp talking about stage fright and meditation and just centering yourself before going out on stage. I you know, love that. Which is a big part of being a performer is getting in the right headspace. Yeah, and, and the and guy does a mean Gollum impression if you've ever heard it. It's great. It's and great. He, and, he, and the film, he's all, he's also incredible. Oh, the film, he's one of the best stories in the best film. Best stories in the film, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, you gotta wa gotta watch the film, him and his daughter, just a very real moment, you know, talking about how Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp kind of brought him back to reality a little bit. Yep. Yeah, that's yeah, a great moment. Yeah, camp brought him back to reality. Exactly. Yeah. Very interesting, Exactly. Yeah. So that camp was a great camp, and campers got to perform at the Cutting Room, which is a legendary New York venue. That's always the one of the and things. And they got to perform with Tom Hamilton. They got to perform with Tom and with Daryl. And with Daryl. That was great. Yeah, what a great was, room that room is. That's a great room. And it's cool, because everybody brings their family and friends to the final performance. So I love when we we have a lot of campers that will, like, you know, always talked about being in a band in college, and then they bring all their college buddies fly out and stuff, and they're yeah. in front row cheering them on, and it's it's like, oh, my God, you really did it. You said you were going to do it, and here you are. You're just right. like, I always say that it's like the Final Fours, you know, the excitement of that last night at camp. Yeah. Is, you know, there's nerves. 
but the excitement is great. And, I, oh, and it's so good when they get to perform with, with a legend, and, and the legend's so cool about it. You know? I, I got an email from a camper recently who said, hi, you know, is there a cap on how many people we can bring to the performance? Would it be a problem if we bring 25? I went, well, you know, I understand. You know, you want your friends to come see you play with Michael Anthony at the Whiskey A Go-Go. And that's something we haven't talked about enough, you know, on the podcast is the fact that not only do you get to jam with all these rock stars, you get to play legendary venues at every camp, no matter what city we're in. We're always picking the the best venues, you know. Right. We started in Hollywood at the Hollywood, the House of Blues. I used to do that years yeah, ago. Yeah, I remember that. But then they they knocked that down. Right. But the whiskey's just been a great place. The Troubadour, and then love that Viper Room. I mean, you yeah. know, while are they closing stages, it? What's the deal? What? Uh, I think it's a rumor to sell more merchandise. Okay. No, yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. They are going to not not going to close the club. They're going to build apartments over it. Oh, okay. And they, you know, like the it's going to be like you know big apartment building, but they're going to keep that room. Good. Um, so we can play for the tenants now upstairs. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Great. Love that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot of history oh, there. A lot the, of we history. We did the Hard Rock down in Florida. That was fun. Hard Rock in Florida is great. Yeah. yeah. We love that that venue, Johnny Brown's, and and down there. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. We had the whole street. Uh, it was our it was our first camp back in 2022. It was the one of the Metal Mania camps. Everyone said the, that was their favorite gig. This, really? This club was jam-packed. The stage is outside, kind of like enclosed in a fenced-in drinking area. On a big street. And, <laughs> On um, a main street. In the whole street corner, it was just people were all crowded around outside the fence. They couldn't get in the club. Everybody in the street was rocking out along with us. Oh, that's it awesome. So cool. it, it's got to be exciting. I mean, you've never played live on a, <laughs> at a gig, and all yeah. of a sudden, you're playing at the whiskey, you know? I mean, you go straight from nothing to the to the, the spot at camp. You're playing with that legend. I mean, four days that you immerse yourself, you're going to get an experience you'll never never ever have in your life. And I, I think we've touched on this briefly before, but, you know, some, some people really make the whole thing out of it and put on a rock star outfit for the final performance. It's always fun to see people dress up for it. Oh, yeah. I love Ken Pickles. You know, he walks in and, you know, he's kind of like, you know, it looks more like a businessman. And by the end of the four days, he's got a sequin cape on, a crazy hat, and he's doing his best Mick Jagger on stage with Daryl Jones and just crushing it. And, uh, yeah, I was like, wow, you're the same person. It's oh, I amazing. love that. That's great. Yeah. Fantasy. Well, so that that was a great camp over the summer. And other camp that's happened since then was Metal Mania 3, which happened here in L.A. That was a, a lot of fun, too. The metal camps, I mean, the people co that come are so passionate about it, aren't they? I mean, metal has kind of a different energy at these camps, I think. You know, the different energy is also the talent. Yeah. The talent is very giving. They love their fans. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Zach Wilde, I mean... When he comes to camp, he, remember, I mean, he was the first one to camp at 10 o'clock in the morning the first time he came to camp, and he the last one to leave. What's his history with it? Because he's been around the camp a long time. Yeah, he's come, he's come to many camps, and he comes for hours. And I have to credit him with making me love metal because I saw him do a, a master class at camp. And what he showed me, what he could do with his hands. Oh, yeah. And, you know, that's, you got to really be—that's a specialty. It is. It is. Right? Yeah, yeah. There's so much attention to detail and, and so much, yeah, technical— technical stuff maybe that's why the, the technical stuff yeah. it's yeah but you know and and that's why it was so cool to see the kids you guys got to talk about those kids those oh. kids were something else those yeah those kids are got to be signed I, that, this is a band that is going to be big well you know it was so fun to see because i mean here's five kids i think ages 10 to 14 or something like that and there was this one 10 year old kid in the band who you know you pass him on the street just looks like a normal 10 year old kid he got up there i mean note for note he was playing all of Zach's solos all of randy Rhodes' solos note for note and there's this great moment where you got to look up a video on YouTube of it, of kids jamming at Metal Mania 3. 
where Zach Wilde realizes this kid's about to play a solo and crosses over to the other side of the stage, and they go kind of hand-in-hand together. Later, I saw a, a picture of that kid up on Zach's shoulders, you know, recreating the Can famous Ozzy Randy. That Can you was imagine? my favorite. I, yeah. I took that photo. Did you? That's a great <laughs> I mean, when I saw that photo, I went, this kid is going to have this photo framed on his wall for the rest of his life. Oh. I mean, that's something else. And Monty Pittman, you know, Madonna's guitar player. Oh, yeah. And yeah. ministry. And, he and he, you know, he's, here he was. He's a guitar teacher, and in, in, uh, his story is great, too. Oh, yeah. He was giving lessons at Guitar Center, and Madonna's husband hired him, and he was giving around the, the house, and then all of a sudden she said, I want to learn how to play guitar and then she hired him and he just did such a brilliant job with those youngsters and one of the, the things that he trained them was he said I'm shut the lights and he said we're going to play without lights that's and the great. room was completely dark he was a great mentor and you're right that band i remember meeting with the parents afterwards they those people should go somewhere with that with those kids band absolutely i kept on telling them at the time you know you guys got to figure out a way to stay together you don't get this type of group of musicians that's just so perfect together all the and they time lived all over the country so they wouldn't have met any other way probably exactly you know? and so but i think they are going to stay together the they parents are really into writing. them yeah they, they got a plan and yeah they got a plan in place and boy nothing more than we would love to have a band coming out of rock and roll fantasy camp That'd right great so exactly cool. yep. exactly well yeah zach wilde was awesome as he always is and you know all the Q&A's at this camp made a lot of a lot of headlines out there including the Zach Wilde Hey Mike one. Portnoy I mean how cool was it that you know you broke the dream theater story at, yeah. at camp and Yeah there and, was no press before camp Yeah I know that. Yeah he, Mike he's Portnoy brilliant done too. It. I mean, Oh he's so nice He's, hey, he's so nice and yeah. it's a funny thing with him at that camp to me was he's flying to Japan Yeah and then um, Marty's coming Marty, from Japan Marty's coming from <laughs> Japan Oh that's right <laughs> I didn't think about that <laughs> Yeah <laughs> Oh real quick actually I meant to say this about Monty too Marty was really excited to see Monty there because he came in and went, I didn't know Monty Pittman was going to be here. Ministry's one of my favorite bands ever. I, th- oh. I was like, oh, I thought you were going to say Madonna was your favorite band ever. But yeah, Ministry, and he was psyched to see Monty there. And then I, I got a great picture. I have to send it to Monty where Zach and Monty are just talking in the dressing room. I mean, you know, it's really, you get to witness the inside things of rock and roll that you never you never get to witness in the public. You can't go to a concert and get this. No, and when I was in the green room, something I never thought I'd hear from Zach Wilde was his nutrition routine. Oh, I got the whole oh. scoop on how he eats. You know, he doesn't eat until noon. Then he won't eat past seven. Got the whole scoop. I mean, I never, I don't think I'd hear that anywhere else. No. <laughs> well, I thought it was so cool because I spent a little bit of time in, in the green room before going out and doing something else. And, you know, Zach was just kind of walking around talking not about music at all but just his thoughts on the world and different subjects and it he's was a big football cool. fan we love to talk about the giants yeah, yeah. He's a new jersey guy yeah yeah that's right yeah well we've said it before but what a fantasy story his is i mean to get picked by ozzy at 19 and go on for a career with him and then his new car- career with pantera his new yeah, career with pantera Carry on I got yeah. I saw him in a stadium about a, a month before we had him at the Whiskey A Go Go. So that was something else. And to be out there, he, I mean, that's a good gig for him to do stadiums every night. And um, he's still a fan. I mean, he does Zach Sabbath. He just he loves that oh, music. He yeah. can't play that enough. I think that's so cool that he has that. That's tribute. right. And Marty Friedman, formerly of Megadeth, this was his first time ever doing the camp. And Britt, you said he was one of the best that's ever oh, come, he was right? So great. Yeah. So he had had a little intro to camp because he did a master class during COVID with us. And I think he really enjoyed that and connecting with people and saw, you know, the campers passion and everything and how it was different. And he loved camp. He absolutely loved it. As I said in the last episode, you know, he didn't want to just start jamming. He wanted to hear how the band played together first and kind of come up with some feedback and then go and jam with them and, you know, see how he could add to their arrangement. Right. You know, so he was really into making them play the song as best as possible. And I, and I respect both him and Max Weinberg. They changed your 
your names to make it in show business. Yeah. Marty Friedman <laughs> yeah. and Max Weinberg. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think he was really excited about the whole camp oh. thing. When he was doing the signings, you know, he a different. He would go, oh, has, has so-and-so ever done the camp? Oh, yeah, okay. Has so-and-so ever done the camp? And it was just exciting for him to know that he's part of this club now yeah. of rock and roll stars. Yeah, yeah he wanted to do it. That was, that was great. Yeah. And that, he, wow. What a tremendous guy. And afterwards, we... He introduced us to his management in Japan, and Britt and I are having conversations because we'd love to take the camp to Japan. Oh, it would be, be great awesome. there. It would yeah. be great there. A lot of rock yeah. and roll fans over there. Absolutely. There's a lot of rock and roll fans all over the world. That mm-hmm. we got to get it to them. Guys, there's one other camp that has happened somewhat recently that I was not at, but I did find a never-before-heard interview from it in the vault, and it's just not been released anywhere. It was Nels Klein from Wilco. We'll go ahead and listen to a clip from him right now. Favorite guitarist? Oh, boy. Oh, God. Obviously, Jimi Hendrix. We talked about Jimi Hendrix. One of my favorites of all time is Dwayne Allman. Dwayne was kind of modeled my my, uh, dream sound for myself after because I was interested in the blues, but also I liked what I discerned from them as, uh, and Dickie too, as Dickie Betts, uh, as having a a jazzy sound, even though I knew nothing about jazz. It was because they played ninths and, and sixths in his, in his work, and also they had those beautiful instrumentals, and I've always really liked instrumental music. But what was the experience of Nels like? He had never done camp before, right? Kind of a different artist to come into camp. He was so cool, because he's just so like thoughtful and deep, and what he comes up with is so, you know, I don't want to say out there, but for me it's out there, you know? It, he, just a totally genius. Yeah, kind of guy, real like just to, to hear how his mind works, how he comes up with parts, and what he, you know, what goes through his mind when he's creating. Right, it was really interesting. Yeah, I, I know a lot of people that were really. I mentioned, oh, Nels Klein is is doing a rock camp, and you know, a couple of my friends were like, oh my god, I would go to a Nels Klein rock camp. I, I wasn't, I'm not too familiar with Wilco music. I don't know a lot of it, but from what I've heard, he was super popular. Yeah, we, we also met him through doing a master class. Yes, that's true. Actually, we did. Th- he, he did three. They sold yeah. out immediately. Right. I think wow. that was the fastest selling online masterclass we ever had. Yeah, they sold out really quick. Him one and Chef one. Gordon, I guess. Yeah, 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 those two are the top. Yeah, yeah. The top, yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, that's awesome. And in case you can't get it, just from us talking about it, I mean, there there really is so much that happens at a rock and roll fantasy camp in four days. And one of those things is the songwriting roundtable. One of our favorite parts of camp. Britt, what exactly is the songwriting roundtable? You know, you've done it. Yeah, so we get all the counselors up in a panel, and campers bring in their original songs, and they either play them for us live acoustically, or they have them on their phones, and we blast it over the PA, and then we all listen and think about it and give feedback, whether it's production feedback, songwriting feedback, arrangement feedback, uh, technical feedback. And um, it's really helpful because a lot of these counselors have been on major records and have written those hits and, and worked on them and been around big artists and big studios. And, and, you know, a lot of valuable knowledge to, to give. And then campers have gone back and changed it and tweaked it, and then they'll come back later in camp, and it's like a hit song, and it's amazing how, how they take the advice. Right. And, and then sometimes the campers will even be like, well, yeah, you're right, the guitar player, the guitar track could be better. Joel, would you do that? And, I, and he does, you know, so that wow. really does improve the song. <laughs> we have to credit Vinny Apice because it was really his idea. Yeah. He came really? to me. And he said, David, this would be a great activity due to camp. And it's quite a, I know I love looking in the room and seeing the response. It's, it's really a fun class. It's become a camp And favorite. I hope that one of the podcasts that you'll, next camp, yeah, next we're gonna two do camps, that. you've got to make that a podcast. Right. You know, yes. bring the music in and hear what they have to say and really see the critique and the insight that you'll never get anywhere. Well, and I think that's why we got the idea, too, for songwriting 
fantasy camp when we did that one songwriting camp because we realized that yeah these artists here are are, are here to play and jam with their idols but they're really artists and, and are creating and want to make music and want it to be great right and they know and they know how to make a hit song mm -hmm. well i found a clip in the vault from songwriting roundtable so we can actually take you inside of it this roundtable features counselors tracy guns from la guns also the guns in the name guns and roses which is always a fun piece of history with him gary hoey vinnie apice and a couple others in there right now we'll listen to this clip from gary hoey where gary says you should think of your melodies as nursery rhymes and then he goes on to expand on that a little bit which i thought that was really good when you're writing music the most important thing is you can have the most killer riff in the world you can have all that stuff but what you got to think about and tell your singer this is you got to really think about your melodies as almost being nursery rhymes that's right okay I, I'm a real stickler when I when I work with artists as a producer and who are writing songs and they're working on lyrics and things. I'm a real stickler about meter. Meter is super, super important, okay? So I do the finger count all the time when I'm working with singers. And if you look at some of your favorite songs, you know, in the world, like, let's just take a couple songs real quick. You take Judas Priest, right? Right? Second verse, same thing, right? And then when they go, you know, the pre-chorus, you know, you know, every verse is going to be the same thing. And, and the meter, and how you find your meter in the lyric is so important. So that, so that your verse, if you, if you sing the first verse one way, you cannot sing the second verse a different way. Britt, you know, from a musician's perspective, is that a good way of thinking about it? Kind of. I do, because nursery rhymes stick in your head. They're repet repetitive. They're not too complicated. They're digestible for anybody. And that's what you want. You want something that you can't forget. You can't get it out of your head. And I, I always think about that, and like, especially with modern like rap songs and stuff. A lot of it sounds nursery rhymes. Oh, that's you know? true. And it's just kind of like, oh, anybody could have come up with that. But it's a huge hit song, and I guess nobody did. So, yeah, you know, it it's sometimes simpler is better. It reminds me of, of Barry Manilow, who, you know, before he went on to have a successful music career, he wrote jingles, which have become kind of famous jingle nursery rhymes. Like he did the, I got stuck on a Band-Aid because of and. You know, it's you can kind of hear it, how he took it on and made a, a career out of it. We have another clip from Tracy Guns where he recommends what to do in one part of a camper song. And in this clip, you know, they're listening to the guitar riff, and Tracy actually takes the riff and goes, well, you, maybe you should do it more like this. The cool thing about the riff is you got da-da-da-da-da, right? Which is da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da, or da-da-da-da-da, or da or what was the other one you did? Da 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 da. Yeah, you can break it up okay. at some point. Da 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 da. And not be in time. So, so, you, so number one, you put it all in mono, right? You don't need the other part. The other part's a different song. It's just a da 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 da, and then do like one chord change. Cut that song down about three minutes long with with the guitar solo part, right? Put it up in mono. Notch out the, the weird EQ thing so you can hear every instrument, then brick wall everything so you're getting that impact. Just goosh, 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 goosh. Split it back in stereo. Get those different rhythms under that riff, and it's a high impact. Like God smack it. Yeah, it's just like high impact. And I know that's what you're trying to go for with that yeah. riff, man. I mean, come on. You know? So, you know, screw being creative. You've already got the primitive thing there capitalize on that and i mean that's exactly that's what you get out of these songwriting camps they'll actually kind of co-write the song with you to a degree right yeah yeah and you know production can make or break a song so all these all these thoughts and feedback really do help right um i remember tracy coming to camp it was during the time that led zeppelin was going through that lawsuit 
the band was the Stairway Spirit. to Heaven lawsuit. Spirit. Yeah, Spirit. Yeah, and I've had the guy from Spirit at camp too. Oh, yeah. yeah, really. How he came. That? He passed away, but his yeah, wife, Randy uh, California. Yeah, I think, his wife yeah. was a, a publicist of ours, and I said, oh. you know, would you, Steve, is sweet, and I think it's. I don't remember. Anyways, he came to camp, but I thought Tracy was really cool. He came to camp, and he decided, you know, he's been talking to me about it for a long time on the phone, and I said, do me a favor, explain it to the campers, you know, and he pulled out his guitar, and he played the two songs, and he showed how similar it was, and he gave his input and his insight to it. I got to say, at this last metal camp, you know, we had another guy from L.A. Guns, Johnny Martin, and I just thought he was phenomenal. I mean, he, he's a funny guy, and it's, it's fun to see counselors come in for the first time and just get it. Because that's what this guy did. Yeah, yeah. He, he's a really, yeah. Yeah. Good, enthusiastic. Got a lot of good feedback enthusiastic. From, from campers. Yeah, and a great player. And really knows stuff like about every instrument. Kind of like how we were talking about in the last episode of, like, well, how can a guitar player help a drummer? Well, you know. Right. You really can. And, he, yeah, he really knows all the You know, these things. people have been around for 40 years playing with mm-hmm. the biggest and best musicians. So exactly. So while they, they're side men, side women, the experience that they have, is invaluable. And I think being a side person, actually, you have to be more skilled because you have to adapt to, you know, it's not just your music that you wrote. you got to learn their stuff, this different style, play it this way. Mm-hmm. So you have, to, you have to be really good like that. You know, if you look at the NFL and the NBA and Major League Baseball, the best managers are not the superstars. They're the sidemen. You know, really the, the second baseman hit 250. Right. You know, the NBA guy who scored four points a game because they know how to analyze the game versus the superstar like Michael Jordan. He would never make a great coach. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I've always thought it would be fun if, you know, maybe if they did a reality show or something where they took rock and roll and made it like a draft. You know, oh, Aerosmith's going to trade Tom Hamilton for Nikki Six this week or something like that. You know, th- We'll have to make a reality show one day. <laughs> so like David said, we're going to be bringing listeners inside the songwriting roundtable next time. So, you know, the idea behind this podcast is this is the only way you can get into rock and roll fantasy camp without actually being there. So you know, you'll get to be there for some of the songwriting. And not only does songwriting, not only can you bring your existing songs and work on them at camp, but we also have had original songs written at camp sometimes. Sometimes that'll happen with the bands. And it used to be more of something that was kind of recommended, I remember, when I was first coming to the camps. You well, know, see if you can do it. You know, when we were doing the documentary, we put in some original songs. Greg Deal came in with a great song. We put his song in the documentary. Bill Brewster had a song that went in the documentary. Sure. So... We were giving, you know, we asked campers to bring in their songs and to write songs. Went through a lot of music. Bill Brewster was the musical director on the film, and he went through a lot of a lot of these tunes, and he put some of the licks in the movie. So things were used. We also re-recorded a lot of songs for the movie, and we put them in there. So you know, it was a great opportunity to you know to come to camp and record. Yeah. And, you know, add stuff in, in a movie and and other projects. I actually don't think we've really talked about the recording package much, which is a whole part of camp that, you know, big part it's of not camp. always at every camp, but when it is, it's a special treat. And that's we've what is the amazing yeah, record producers. Top producers, Eddie Kramer. Eddie Kramer, I mean, you know. I he, Electric Ladyland. I yeah. Mean, and Br- yeah. explain what the package is for someone that doesn't Yeah, know. so it's basically you, you're, you're coming to camp and you're going to record a song and it can be an original song or it can be a cover song. A lot of times people choose to do covers of artists that are headlining at the camp that's inspired them and they sometimes do it completely different, make it their own or sometimes do it similar to that. But you have a full day in a famous studio like we use NRG sometimes here and all sorts of studios. I just use Capitol. 
Capital, wow. Yeah, I went to Capitol one year. Cool. I remember uh, East West, where East a lot West of famous studios, bands yeah. have recorded. But and and you get to spend a day with Mike Link. I yeah, mean, working yeah. very close with a top producer in a famous studio Just where watch, some of your favorite records have been recorded. Yeah, yeah. and and watch these producers how magical they are. You know, playing with the buttons. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I actually got, I never did the recording package, but I was at a camp once where every band got to go record with Eddie Kramer for, you know, record one song with Eddie Kramer. And, and that was cool. I mean, you can you can feel his experience when you're in there. We I think we were just recording Bad Reputation, a cover of the Joan Jett song. But, you know, he was he made sure every part was precise. That guy mm-hmm. is good. And, they, and every one of these producers has told me that they love doing camp because they get inspired to teach the enthusiasm, you know, teach people and and the enthusiasm, you know, they they love the enthusiasm. Right. We've had Jack Douglas, who did a lot of the Aerosmith stuff, yeah. and, and Mike Link, Appetite for Destruction. That's right. Amongst many others, who else? Yeah, we had, oh, uh, so, so a lot of great ones. A lot of great um, ones. Yeah, that's great. I mean, you get to go in and and record with those guys, and the stories are really a great part of it too, because you're sitting there, and all of a sudden, Eddie Kramer's telling you stories about Hendrix, or oh, yeah. or. You know, uh, Douglas is telling you stories about Aerosmith as you're getting ready to go perform with Tom Hamilton. I mean, you know, it's it's a rock. It It really ties it all in. It ties it all in. Definitely ties it all in. Well, guys, one more subject for this episode. Rock stars love to connect with old friends, and it happens at Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp quite a bit. And we saw a lot of it when, uh, Britt, you were doing the Zoom masterclasses over COVID. I wrote down a couple examples of this happening, and we'll listen to some clips of them right now. Desmond Child, the great songwriter who we've talked about a few times on this podcast now, he came into four different master classes to say hi to his old friends. We'll listen to those clips right now. That was Alice Cooper and John Five. The legendary songwriter Desmond Child. Hi, Desmond. How you doing? Hey, this is so exciting. Alice, I love you. <laughs> is it true that I made you cough blood when we were making trash? Yeah, which I, that's why I admire you. <laughs> you, you call can, me a slave driving slut. Yeah, no, you are. And that's in that, you know, I need that in the studio. Uh, when we made that album, Trash, that was really a fun album, very creative album to do. Okay, well, John, we have a very special guest here, uh, everyone. A legendary, incredible hit songwriter, Desmond Child, just popped in to say hello. Hi, Desmond. Hello. Desmond, how are you, buddy? I'm doing so great. And I'm so happy that you're doing this. I did mine a couple of days ago. We did like three nights. I will tell you, Desmond Child, I've been around a lot of of musicians, and he is a musical genius by far. Now, Britt, how was that? I mean, it was fun for these guys to see old friends pop it in, It was, right? and it was a surprise to them. And again, this was during COVID, too. So, like, nobody was really talking at it or seeing anybody. And so, yeah. I remember the Scorpions were excited. Oh, the Scorpions oh, were excited. So that does excited. make five. That makes five. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, because who knows when the last time that they saw each other face-to-face was anyhow. And Alice was real thrilled, and they talked about their collaborations together. And, and Kip Winger, uh, you know, he hooked up with Desmond, yeah. you know, uh, on, uh, and they wrote a song together. And then Desmond asked him, to perform with him at Greece. the uh, in Greece, he did that, and the apartheid. Right. So yeah, those relationships happen because of camp, and it's great. I love when they when you know when Desmond is on Alice's masterclass. Alice says, "Oh, Desmond, I have a song that I'm writing right now that'd be perfect for you. I'm gonna send it to you." And you know, I think they I think they work together on a song after that too. So it, rock and roll fantasy camp gets musicians gigs too. <laughs> <Sure>. And <laughs> I love what you you mentioned earlier was Ronnie Montrose and Sammy Hagar. Yeah, oh, yeah. That, that was, was a great, great one. reunion. That happened in person at camp, not a on reunion, a master class. Right? Yeah. 
Yeah, Were you at that one? I was at that one. I was, uh, that was. I think that was like my second camp ever. I was 11. And, you know, I, I remember I got to play with Ronnie Montrose, and I knew who he was. I didn't recognize him. And I remember he said, hey, I'm Ronnie. And I went, wait, Montrose? And it was like, whoa. And he was just really cool. He was amazing. Very sweet. He was really and, cool. You know, it was the last days of his life, yeah. you know, that he came, he came, it was a camp. And I remember I put him in a luxury suite in a hotel, and he said, I, I need a motel where I can get a kitchen. And, you know, and right. he checked out of a... A beautiful room that I gave him to go to a motel. Yeah. And it was very interesting. But he wanted to, you know, he's making his own food and he was being healthy and, and he, the hotel was, don't have kitchens. So I think I remember from what I heard that Ronnie was a little nervous to see Sammy. They hadn't seen each other in a long time. Yeah. And as soon as Sammy got there, it was just old friends. Oh, I know this guy. You know, old friends right back together. And I don't know that they really got to do much after that because, like you said, it was the last days of Ronnie's of Ronnie. That might have been the last time they saw each other. They got to reconnect right before he passed. Exactly. It was really special. It was really special. So that was definitely an exciting one. Another one that happened in the master classes, we had a lot of old Alice Cooper bandmates coming on to say hi to Alice. We had Teddy Zigzag and Kane Roberts. We'll listen to those clips right now. And we got a special guest that wants to say hi here. We got Mr. Kane Roberts. Kane, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. You know, any chance I can get to hang out with Alice, uh, I'll always do it. He knows that. When people ask me about Kane Roberts, I go, Philone's body, <laughs> Van Halen's talent, and Jerry Lewis's brain. So some guy just signed on here. He's got a question for you. What's your name, sir? Me? Yeah. Uh, my, name is, my, <laughs> my name is Ted. Yeah, I was talking about you. Are your ears burning? My ears were burning, man. Picture Teddy now in a turban, because he used to wear a turban on stage. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that, but you did. <laughs> Do you no. remember? You should tell them the story of the, uh, the bathroom scene in, uh, what was it, Italy? Well, which one? I mean, that's a camp in itself. We have to do all Alice Cooper's band. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> exactly. And I'll tell you, you know what? It's great to hire former Alice Cooper bandmates because when you ask Alice, and he and he said it on the on his podcast, he says I only hire people that I can live with. You know, it can be around 24 hours a day and to be fun. You know, automatically, you know, if they're around Alice, they got to be good people. Exactly. So you know, he's he's had some great people. We've had, we've been lucky from Kip Winger on down to uh, have these amazing counselors. Well, Kane and, Kane and Alice was actually one that they reunited at camp, I think for the first time also. They hadn't seen each other in a long time. Yep. They had been best friends back in the 80s. And then Kane rode over in the limo to pick up Alice. And as they were riding back, you know, they just started, they were laughing. They started rekindling their friendship. And, you know, Kane just spent a time on tour with Alice again. You know, it's mm -hmm. one thing in our industry. You can be away from seeing somebody and not see them for a long time. And then all of a sudden show up and it's like, the years just go away. Exactly. You know? yeah. Exactly. Well, listen, so much fun stuff happens at Rock and Roll Fantasy But Camp. I want to mention, you have to mention the last one on your list. What's the last one on my Levon list? Helm and Dr. Oh, John. Levon Helm and Dr. John. We got to talk about that one. I mean, Levon Helm coming to camp, and he came once with Roger Daltrey, and then I asked him to come another time. And what I felt so honored about Levon was that I remember Eric Clapton tracking me down because he was looking for Levon to come to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I remember calling Levon and say, um, Eric Clapton's calling me because he wants you to you know, show up to the Rock Hall of Fame. So I'm not going, I'm not going, I'm not going. And, uh, 
I'm giving my English accent. I surely give you the Southern Levon accent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One day I'll be an impressionist. Right. But he wouldn't go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And then I called him two months later and said, would you come to camp? David, I'll be there for you. I'll be there. And he came. And Dr. John came that day. Wow. And for me, it was like the reunion of my 89 Ringo tour. And because we were all toured together. And those guys came to camp. And that was quite a brilliant camp to see Levon and Dr. John. And they hadn't seen each other in a long time. Right. So I love that reunion union too for me especially yeah who's the main guy in the band that just passed away not too long ago robbie robertson robbie robertson and you know i know that there was a lot about levon and robbie's relationship out there you had worked with both of them I right? both of them absolutely i know the whole thing that you know behind the wheels the great book that levon wrote i made his book deal for him mm. i worked with the band for a few years and cbs had given us a record deal after the ringo tour and and i spent a lot of time with them and it's a whole you know, thank God it's been documented in books that have come out recently. I had a wonderful relationship with Levon, quite different than, the, you know, here I was. I didn't know who Levon was when I originally went with Ringo's band. And I met him, and we got so close. He was a Yankee fan. He was a sports fan. He played that joke on me. And just we just had a great understanding with each other. And I was privileged to be with the band, represented them when they opened the final show that the Grateful Dead did in Chicago. Wow. And to, that was quite an experience to be there. And I'd never forget a camper. Not a, It wasn't a camper. It was a, a roadie from my monkeys tour was working, was working. And he said, Mr. Fedjov, let me show you what goes on at a Grateful Dead concert. And it opened my eyes up. He took me in the golf cart. And while you had 80,000 people in Soldier Field, you had 250,000 people outside Soldier Field and everybody holding up their, their, their hand, you know, looking for one ticket. It was quite a scene. Yeah, with Levon, I got to have some amazing experiences, met some incredible people. And I think I mentioned Bill Clinton. We did a, a blue bash ball for him right. at the inauguration. Just a great, great experience. But Levon coming to Rock and Roll Fans Camp for me was just amazing, amazing experience to have him there. And he was great. Yeah, and as you've said, it got Roger involved. It, it you know, did a lot for the camp in general. Yeah. And I'm glad that you mentioned The Grateful Dead because this is a perfect time to wrap up this episode. But in our next episode, you're not going to want to miss it because we are pulling out from the vault never-before-heard clip from Mickey Hart when he came to camp. We, we got wow. something in there. So uh, you're going to want to tune in for that one. As always, go to rockcamp.com for more information on upcoming camps and just on the camp in general. Rock Fantasy Camp on Instagram. Don't forget the newsletter. Brit's Tuesday night Zooms are also happening always. So and love else? when you write to Miles. We love yes. when the fans. I know the mailman's been complaining about too much mail coming. <laughs> the, the, you know, and your accounts right. are broken. But Miles at Rock Camp. That's right. Miles at RockCamp.com, and let us know what you want to hear on the podcast. Thanks so much. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. 
Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.